Jamie and Bradfield, he's the president, CMO, and founding shareholder of WeTransfer.com, a service that I have used. The largest file sharing service in the universe. This is bigger than Dropbox? Way. Or is it this? Way. Are they different? Damien Bradfield uh, first joined WeTransfer as a chief strategic officer in 2010 with over 40 million active users transferring more than a billion files every month. He played a pivotal part wow. in making it the leading much-loved creative brand it is today. Currently, uh, Damien spearheads the company's U.S. operations from the newly formed U.S. headquarters in L.A., and uh, he's very passionate, though, also about uh, promoting the value of building long-term trusting relationships in business and beyond. It's my Buzz Lightyear impersonation. Nice. Amidst a landscape where data mining, or some people say data, uh, and manipulation are the norm. Data mining and manipulation. That's, there's so much there that I... Yes. That I anyway, I want to talk to Damien. All right. He joins us now from... I think right now he's currently right underneath the Hollywood sign having a picnic. So he's in the TMZ, is he? He is in the 30-mile zone. Damien, what is going on, you <laughs> lovely, palmy, cheeky fellow, you? <laughs> I love that I'm brought in after the Tragically Hip. Yeah, I know, isn't it? Wow, wait a second. Do you, do you know, know them? Do you know the Tragically Hip? Of course. Why wouldn't I know them? I don't know. Because you're not Canadian and... Yeah, no one seems to know them. I know. We're so insecure up here. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know a yeah. Canadian band. Have you ever had Tim Hortons before? <laughs> so, Damien, the first thing that comes to mind is I have a problem with someone being as wealthy as you are and as powerful as you are. I'm now making you a character in a Dr. Evil movie. <laughs> um, and then getting into this building long-term trusting relationships in a world of data mining and manipulation and, you know, you and I chatted briefly over the phone uh, the other day. And, I, I, you know, you're a walking anomaly, I guess is what I'm saying. So, I've been called a lot worse. <laughs> so, you know, first of all, uh, let's get the business stuff out of the way. We transfer. Most people know about it. Mm -hmm. How do you describe we transfer to someone sitting beside you in a plane without putting them to sleep? And I rarely ever talk to anyone on the plane. That's my like focus time. Right. So I would never try and get into a pitch. It's all about me. Right. I've got two kids. So, um, you know, this is about my time. Yep, yep. Anyway, so I mean, WeTransfer is pretty much the world's simplest tool um, for people online to get large files from A to B. Um, that's it, pretty much in a nutshell. We started with a you know simple web platform. Um, so WeTransfer.com. You drop a file or upload a file, put in an email address. And send it to body, send it to somebody, and that's all you need to do. You you never stalked by us. There's no sign up. None of those sort of um, barriers that I think a lot of people you know resent today on the internet. We never had them since 2009. And where we're going with it basically is trying to produce a series of products like that that are all super simple and really all about trying to make life a little bit more productive and online. Trying to produce an environment that's just clutter-free, that's all about simplicity and not about trying to, you know, sell eyeballs or get your attention or get you away from making stuff. Yeah. Because um, if we do that, no one's going to make anything and there'll be nothing to send. Okay, so how do you make money? Where's the, where's the cash come from? We have two business models. So one is we have, if, you, if you're ever on the site, there's a massive image in the background and that image uh, we sell... 70% of that to advertisers. Um, so we do have advertising on the site. Um, and 
the other half or sort of 60% of our income comes from subscriptions. So for those people that want to customize and put their own images in the background or to have password protection or that sort of, that sort of thing, we have um, a subscription service. So it's $120 a year. And then um, basically you'd have uh, drew.wetransfer.com. Oh, stop. Anything with my name in it is worth a lot more than that. Let me tell you. <laughs> Let me tell you. I'll gift it to you. You wouldn't even have to pay for it. Oh, stop it. You're killing me. DamianBradfield.com is the website, uh, another website you may want to go to. DamianBradfield.com, D-A-M-I-A-N, Bradfield.com. Are you, like, how do you describe yourself? Are you, you're not a philanthropist, are you? Are you, are you like no. a, just a, a corporate do-gooder? Are you a visionary, a corporate do-gooder? Are you a visionary? Are you, are you, are you a, te- are you a, are you a fool? Are you a, te- are you a TED Talk uh, guru? What are you, man? Well, I am a man. Um, <laughs> and, no, I mean, so I'm not a philanthropist by any means. I think the, the, the journey that we've been on, I think, since we started the company, was that we all came from a very creative space. The, the thing that we enjoyed doing was making, creating, whether that was film or illustration or um, websites, whatever it was, we just enjoyed making things. And you know, a lot of our friends are in the business of making, and if you understand how tough it is to break through, then um, you also understand that everyone needs a break. And we we're really lucky that we had the site that had tons of traffic with this huge image or like a huge canvas in the background that we could gift to friends and say, you know, hey, look, we we love, you know, uh, Giles Dooley's work. You know, it's a photographer friend who um, is running a project called Legacy of War. An amazing story of a man who, you know, was the fashion photographer, left, went to Afghanistan, stepped on a landmine, lost his legs and an arm, lost pretty much everything, but then managed to pick himself up and go back out to Afghanistan and now Syria and he's documenting uh, this legacy of war with one arm and he's shooting on film. And that sort of thing, you just can't help but think, shit, you know, we've really got to make sure that this is seen by people and that it's, it's visible and we can. But it's a gift. We have this opportunity and I think that um, we're really privileged to be able to share it with people. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I like money. So uh, I think it's important that we, you know, I can pay my bills and I don't have to worry about you know, whether my kids have got sneakers. Yeah. Um, but I, but I think that a company shouldn't be just, you know, driven by growth and profit. It should be about um, profit for good. And we're, we're, you know, that's where we're sort of headed, where we've been with the company. Okay. Uh, last night I went to see a guy named Jason Silva. Have you heard of him? No. He says stuff that I think you would dig because I think you're on the same page when it comes to predicting the trajectory of humanity. In other words, where you're going is you actually believe that people, us consumers, will pay for services that are trustworthy because we are so not trusting of news outlets of, well, pretty much anything online. You can manipulate videos, you can manipulate pictures. Um, news aggregates like HuffPost are having you know their own bias and bents, and uh, as does, of course, Fox News. And so who do you trust? And, and then, but you actually think humanity is gonna get to the point where we're, we're so not trusting 
I'm putting words in your mouth, so please correct me, as I know you will. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're going to get it to a point where we're just not trusting anybody for anything online. That when we do find something trustworthy, we'll hang on to it with cash. Yeah, I don't think we're we're going to get there. I think we're there already. But I think you know, the, from what I can see in the uptake of people using private browsing. So, for those who don't know, it's when you're using a web browser like Chrome or Safari or Firefox or one of those guys you're able to go incognito so no one is able to see um, you know, the search uh, history and be able to track what you're doing. In the US, that's not the case. Um, as net neutrality is becoming a thing of the past. Um, but it's, you know, it's a huge business. I mean, it's becoming default that people will be using private browsing, which means that um, you know, a lot of the data that people are basically capitalizing from online won't be available. And on top of that, people are using ad blockers, and it's you know it's not a it's not a small number. Um, it's a you know in millions of people every year are using ad blockers to prevent seeing the horrible ads that basically have powered the internet for the last you know, twenty years. And things like VPNs, which you know is a service, very simple service to again hide your location. Um, is again going to make it very difficult for these businesses. I don't know what the exact number is, but there's 988 million websites on the internet, um, and they'll totally rely on data. If that data is becoming um, less visible or accessible to those to those companies to be able to resell, then they'll go out of business. And the great thing is for those people that are delivering quality and have got you know a subscriber base that want to pay for quality, those guys I think will have a very healthy future. Hmm. Um, and those that are reliant on you know, clickbait, that sort of rubbish that no one enjoys, will disappear. Thank God. And it's just a process of gentrification. You know, I think the internet is is a city, and it's a city that's gone through you know huge like, boom, and it's it's been unstructured, it's sprawl, it's just you know it's not been managed or regulated. No one's been looking after it in terms of community. And at a certain point, every city goes through that, and then it gets to a place where. It gets gentrified and it gets cleaned up and then comes you know, regulation or the community speaks up and starts demanding things mm. and um, the, you know, the city becomes more habitable. And that's hopefully what's going to happen with the net. I'm, I'm very optimistic that it's going to happen, not in, in 10 years from now, but I think we're going to see a lot of it happening this year, next year, the year after. So the sidebar conversation underneath all of this for me, uh, Damien, is motivation. <laughs> And why would someone want to do good without trying to make any money? I always want to know, what's the motivation for this? Because I came out of a tribe of people that, um, you know, the, the main reason they did this was to show the love of God or to be Jesus, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, you know, that kind of stuff. And then I, all of a sudden I, I realized that there were people in the world doing the same kind of stuff, maybe even better. And they were nobody's hands and feet. They were just doing good stuff because that's what you did. They they felt that right. there that it was a, just a better way to be a human being. And so I'm I'm in this weird space right now in my in my brain where I'm like, okay, well, what's what's my motivation for for doing good? And I guess I want to ask you that same thing because you sound again you sound like a like some kind of a corporate do gooder with this hope for a world. Around this word trust, I mean, I think that's the hinge word. That's the linchpin for this whole thing is trust. And I, 
You know, we do live in a world where you don't, you just don't know who to trust anymore, whether it's news outlets or, or internet or, or the guy next to you at the pub. And so we're talking about morality. We're talking about ethics. We're talking about personal codes. The, the, the sad thing is that even that label of corporate do-gooder shouldn't exist. Why, why is it that we have this negative co- you know, connotation? Why is there this negative perception of, of corporations? And that's got to change fundamentally, hasn't it? There shouldn't be a corporation that's being labeled a corporation or a corporate do-gooder. Yeah. It should be just ingrained that those corporations you know, have got so much wealth. If you look at Silicon Valley, I mean, the wealth tied up in a few companies is ridiculous. And they should, there should be demands on them to, you know, to be doing good with it. I mean, there's a couple of companies in Silicon Valley that could literally clear up the world's water issues with the cash that they have on the bank. You know, why is it that they're not doing it? And it should be just ingrained. The fact that you know, I might be labeled a corporate do-gooder, I think it's a tragic state of affairs because every corporation should have some sort of responsibility to, <laughs> to do good. And the word corporation shouldn't be evil. But unfortunately, I think a lot of those companies out there have tarnished um, you know, the name of, of, of business. Mm-hmm. Business is okay. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with doing business. No, we all need to survive, pay our bills, whatever else. I think that's the thing that you know would you know I would love to see change in in Silicon Valley. That it's no longer about short-term capitalist growth at all cost, um, but it's about you know building a community, which is what the internet is. My kids, unfortunately, spend 27 hours a week online, and we recently moved to Los Angeles, and. My kids don't really play outside here. It's not a real, it's not really a thing to play on the street. It's, um, you know, for fear or for safety or whatever. They don't really, they're not really on the street. So a huge part of that is happening online. If that space is my kids' playground, the the internet that is, then I have a a moral responsibility, uh, you know, as a citizen to make sure that it's safe. And then as a company, that's you know producing tools or operating in that space. I also have a responsibility to make sure that it's safe and that it's trustworthy and that you know we're we're adhering to certain you know codes of conduct and all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. And it's super important. I mean, that's something we've got. You know, I would, I'm trying you know to to talk about and to to sort of get into the uh, into the conversation in in Silicon Valley and amongst you know other tech companies, but it's um. It's not very easy when so much of those tech companies are powered by um, VCs who, you know, if there's 10 VCs sitting inside you know, one tech company, they, they all have an objective to re- make a return on their investment within five to 10 years, right. period. Right. Okay, hold on. My head hurts. Um... <laughs> Sorry. It's a Saturday. You shouldn't be having a Saturday. <laughs> Maybe you should. Yeah. Was it a big Friday night? Yeah, it was a big Friday night. Yeah, there was a bit of... Um, which is better and which is worser? Real word. Philanthropic... Hold on. Philanthropic capitalism or capitalistic philanthropy? Yeah, I don't know. It, I mean, it, it isn't straightforward by any means. And certainly when you start getting into... You know, once you've got beyond like a small local community and it's become... a you know, a charitable organization or something that's got, you know, much more impact or it's, it's reaching far, a far greater audience. And it does, it does become very, very complicated. 
We, I mean, we do a huge amount of work with um, a company or an organization that Richard Curtis uh, started in the, in the UK. Richard Curtis, director from his classic movies like Four Weddings and a Funeral. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, he's been behind sort of Live Aid, um, Make Poverty History, and more recently Project Everyone. Um, and what what Richard and his team, very good friend of mine, Gail Galley, is, is doing is they're not trying to raise money anymore because the money became, you know, the money becomes complicated. What they're trying to do is just make sure that they've got enough voice behind messages along with organizations like the United Nations and, and the Global Goals huh. to just raise awareness and put the power in people's hands to try to solve, you know, certain problems or issues in the world without having the issue of money being the, the vehicle in between or the problem in between. And I think, you know, I, th I think first and foremost, you've got to make people aware that they can actually make a difference and they, you know, I can actually change something. And if I go back to the internet again, I'm, I'm probably going to bore you with this whole internet thing, but the, you know, the power is with you and me. So if, if we decide that we no longer want to give away our data, we can turn it off immediately. And if you know a big chunk of America did that, you would change the entire internet overnight. Huh. And you know we we play such a pivotal role in it that actually it's one of those few times where you, where you could sit and say, well, you know, the water crisis—that's not something I can go out and actually fix, and I can't do my bit, and I'm restricted because of travel or money or location or whatever else. But the internet actually is super simple to, to improve. And I, and I think it's very important to do because I think it's an amazing tool. I mean, you know, from just say education, the internet has done wonders for, you know, kids in the third world that would never have had access to education at the level that they, they can have now. Um, we just need to make sure that we're protecting because it is amazing, an amazing thing. So... One of the things I, I keep hearing, and by the way, I'm looking at the clock and realizing that you and I could crap on forever about this stuff, and, and yet we have a radio show to do, and we're running out of time. So uh, two things. One, thank you for being a guest on the show and, and giving everyone a little taste of what you've been chewing on in your world. And I think I think we're talking about stewardship of, of our internal life. We used that phrase earlier in the show, the stewardship of our internal life. And, you know, it seems, and again, I keep reflecting back on things that, uh, uh, I just forgot his name. Who's the guy last night? Um, Ron Hall? No, no Jason, uh, Silva. Jason Silva. You know, I wrote down some things that he said, and, you know, we it seems like we are designed to desire. And mm -hmm. and we're even, but we're still, we're purchasing experiences of mindfulness. You know, there's the, 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 there's a whole industry of mindfulness out there. And what we're ultimately, I think, talking about is sort of a hedonic adaptation. So you talk about hedonism, and we're trying to figure out a way to avoid that because we realize down deep, at a deeper level, all of us know that more stuff doesn't make us more happy. I think that's yeah, right. For sure. Yeah, trust, man. I would no, like. I, this is what I want for you. I want you to be known because I just there's something about you I dig, and which is weird because I don't really know it's, you. It's the accent. It's the accent. British people can say whatever they want yeah. and get away with. You an um, idiot, Drew. Well, thank you. Yes, quite Bean. I think you guys have the same thing. Come on, come on. Um, <laughs> what, what was I saying? Oh, I want you to be known as the trust guru because I don't think anyone else has that brand. But I want you to. I want you to be that guy. 
Yeah. Well, that's very kind of you. My mum would, my mum would laugh so much if that was a bit. Yeah, I'd love it. Do you love remember it. that time when you lied to me about that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I told you I couldn't trust you. <laughs> <laughs> totally. All right. Well, folks, I want you to follow this guy, DamianBradfield.com. DamianBradfield.com. Of course, he is the president, CMO, and founding shareholder of WeTransfer.com, the largest file sharing service in the world. But he is Damian Bradfield. I appreciate it so much, Damian. Thank you for your time. Oh, thank you very much. All right, bye-bye. Pleasure.